HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins. I work for Fairway Markets in the New York area. And we're awfully proud to support Heritage Radio. And we care so much about everything that goes on out here at Roberta's and their studio because they talk to people who are, are serious about food and that's what we are at Fairway is we're serious about food. We, we just care very deeply about, about you as a, as a customer and how you cook and what you cook with and how you entertain and, and that's why we love to support Heritage Radio because it, it, it's pretty much the same thing. It's wanting to, to find happiness through serious food and people who are serious about it and, and care about learning everything there is to learn about it. And that's, that's we're kindred spirits. If it's something worth having in your kitchen, you're going to find it at, at Fairway. And if there's somebody worth talking to about food, you're going to find them on Heritage Radio, and we will be supporting you guys for a long, long time. At Fairway, I'm your personal grocer, Steve Jenkins, Fairway Market. Boys, I'm mellow the honeydew. Yeah, that cat is high. Look that look in his eye. Oh, man, he's high. Welcome to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. My guest today is Ari Form of the Jake Walk and Carol Gardens. Welcome to the show, Ari. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm uh, doing a lot better since you uh... got me that beer. <laughs> Sorry, we had a little mic problem there for a second is this thing on it is on oh fantastic all right welcome to the show hey uh so i wanted to talk to you about obviously uh the bar we'll get into that in a little bit but i wanted to talk to you about uh your first experiences with the service industry and how you got into bartending and the the long and winding road to get to that door so to speak (laughs) where would you like me to begin uh, let's talk about Cluck You Chicken. Ah, <laughs> you remember. Um, actually, it's uh, not to split hairs, but Cluck You Chicken would be the New Jersey cha- uh, chain of uh, Buffalo Wing restaurants. Which uh, Buffalo Wild Wings? Buffalo Wild Wing, uh, which I grew up near in New Jersey. But in New York, the, uh, the restaurant is Pluck You. Pluck You. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't want to misrepresent who I worked for. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, when I was uh, when I was eighteen, I moved uh, right into the city to uh, attend NYU, and uh, I immediately 
got uh, employed at Pluck You Chicken on 3rd Avenue and 10th Street, where my sister was also working. And I was responsible for uh, taking phone orders for delivery, uh, ringing people up at the cash register, and mopping up after work. <laughs> awesome. Um, what were you actually, uh, when you were going to NYU, did you go for any kind of like uh, hospitality or like man- like management or anything like that? Or no, I, uh, I, I went kind of just undecided, wanted to move to the city, got yeah. accepted there, so it was... Um, it was exciting. I uh, I had my 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 father owned a uh, a Jewish style uh, deli. Oh, cool. When I was growing up, so I'd always uh, been around uh, that kind of environment. Um, but then, uh, uh, about two years after uh, I moved to the city, I got my uh, first uh, Manhattan restaurant job at the infamous NoHo Star. NoHo Star. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, what were you doing there? Uh, I got a job uh, just waiting tables, and um, which I basically, you know, just like everybody, I I gave them a resume that said I'd been working since I was, you know, one years old doing everything <laughs> in a restaurant. Uh, but in reality, I didn't even know how to carry a tray. Um, <laughs> and I just, you know, I I told all the people that were training me the truth, uh, and you know, just worked really hard and um, got it down. And then when I was working there, and mind you, I was I was still twenty at the time. Um, I became quite friendly with one of the bartenders, uh, whose name, funnily enough, was uh, Matthew Perry. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just started asking questions because, uh, you know, as you know, the being a bartender is like the coolest, most romantic thing in the world to like a 20-year-old right. man who, uh, you know, likes to enjoy himself out at night. Um, in so, New York City. Yes, exactly. There's a movie about that. Maybe a couple of movies about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just started asking questions, and basically he was like, dude, you can get behind the bar. It's very easy. Um, and I'm like, it can't be that easy. You know, you work magic back there. <laughs> um, and we're talking mid-90s here, so this is it's a while ago. And he said, no, all you have to do is know how to pour tap beer, be nice to people, make a Cosmopolitan, a margarita, a Manhattan, and a martini. And you can work behind the bar. You'll be fine. I was like, great. Show me how to make those drinks. <laughs> and he did. And we were all, they were all just filled with uh, uh, tons of ice shards and uh, I don't, uh, free pour. I, I don't even know what they taste like. I didn't even know you're supposed to taste your own drinks. Yeah. Um, but uh, before it's I was... more about the color. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And how much and how big the glass was. Yeah. Um, but before I was even 21, I was, uh, I was doing... Uh, day shifts behind the bar um so yeah that's how i got into bartending and then after that i uh eventually found myself in fine dining at uh, union square cafe with a couple stops in between at some places in uh chelsea behind the bar whatever and there i learned that uh there's a, a different style of service and uh bartending and so i sort of had to relearn the whole process and i started there from back waiting all the way to server and then to bartender as well, where I uh, learn more of uh, how I uh, perceive the craft of bartending now. You know, it's really, I've always found it very important for any bartender. And usually, I mean, obviously you don't just jump right into bartending. Right. Um, to have that, that service minded skill, you know, like the, the skills of the, the server, um, as far as interacting with the customers right. and like doing some of the grunt work, like bussing and you know, 
running the whole gamut of everything. Getting into the bar, you take all those skills with you. You should at least, uh, especially like the actual hospitality part of that. You know, being yes. nice people, being courteous, being a great bartender. You know, comes from those service skills. Yeah, I, I think the the hardest part about being behind the bar, um, or the most challenging maybe, is uh, being completely in the weeds. You know, too deep. You have uh, so much stuff to do, and uh, still having the entire um, the entire bar eating out of the palm of your hand. You know, you have one side of the bar laughing. You have uh, another side of the bar, you know, telling you, um, you know, their deepest secrets. Uh, and you're still pumping out cocktails, uh, refilling wine, pouring beer, you know, like a total control yeah. of the bar. Um, and when it's happening, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's it's exhilarating. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and it just fills you with adrenaline. And it, it uh, it's a good day when that happens. Yeah, you know, I, I always tell people whenever I'm training a bartender, you know, uh, you have to play so many roles as a bartender. Obviously, you're basically uh, a host, a waiter, yep, a chef. Uh, I mean, you know, you are. A, I hate the term bar chef, but it's kind of what you are. Um, uh, a manager. You're a cashier, you're like a busser, you're do you basically do every single job. Don't forget bouncer. Bouncer as well. That's yeah. a very important part. Um and you have to take on all those responsibilities and uh it's like you were just saying, it's exhilarating when you have all those things in this this nice balance, all those aspects of being a bartender in the bar, in the establishment, keeping the balance and once you get through that night, it's it's a very pleasurable experience yes it's a it's a it's a natural high it's it's amazing now let's go back to the bouncer part of that <laughs> have you ever had to bounce someone oh yeah like i mean like really bounce someone um not in the sense of uh oh, yeah, I'm not asking i've that. never had to physically take somebody and throw them out of the bar which i don't think i can do um i can't either i don't know i I know we're on the radio, but I have, you have really big hands, and I'm, <laughs> I'm very jealous. I just have to say that. Um, but anyway, besides, <laughs> besides that. Ari form. Um, <laughs> no, it's a, just fr- coming from a, a bar- bartender's perspective, I wish I had bigger hands. <laughs> you know, that's another thing that I tell my bartenders when I, when I train them is like... Get another, bigger hands? Get bigger hands, man. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do tell them a lot, uh, you know, one of the most important things about bartending is a you know knowing where everything is mm-hmm. and be being extremely comfortable with your own hands yeah um yeah i so agree I, I accept your compliment sir yeah. well my pleasure um but <laughs> no they're actually probably about every other month uh at the jake walk on a like a friday or saturday night i will have to um suggest to somebody that maybe they not have a drink there another drink there that maybe it's time to move on and then when I convince them of that, uh, then we call all of the bars in the neighborhood and tell them not to serve this person. <laughs> right. I've, I've definitely done that before, too. It's usually uh, you guys, mini bar, Abilene. Yeah. Uh, we do bar Brooklyn Ray, Social. Bar Great Harry. Because yeah. they're right across the street. <laughs> um, that's funny. Do you have a preferred, uh, like, shutdown chop that you use on people? Like, uh, as far as, like, a line? 
Yeah, well, no, not, not a line. It's, a, it's more of a sort of a, an aura that you create with the conversation that you're having. I think uh, the biggest mistake that people have in those situations, unless they are a huge bouncer and are just, you know, physically intimidating, uh, is to not make the other person feel like, uh, uh, or to be argumentative. Or to tell them that they're do something, doing something wrong. Because they're, you know, they've had a little bit too much, so they're going to take offense and yeah, it's going to escalate yeah. from there. So you just try, you know, you just try to be very friendly, uh, even before bringing up uh, the fact that maybe they shouldn't have another drink. I really just like to try to get them on my side somehow. That's, that's a good point. Like, kind of create some uh, leverage, create some, yeah. like, a friendly let me, banter. Let me, let me talk to you, you know, guy to guy here. Yeah, <laughs> talk to you man to man. You seem like a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a great guy. Let me ask you something. Can but you think, please leave? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> My favorite one is uh, uh, the GM at Prime Meats, uh-huh. Max Quadrone. Uh, his his line I've adopted since I heard him say it one of the first times uh, we had to ask someone to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've had a little bit too much fun tonight. Ah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Which. Uh, it's like one of the nicest ways I've ever. It is. Heard it, it is. <laughs> it is because you're 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 agreeing with the person. Yeah, you know? you're, you're having fun. Yeah, you might have had a little bit too much. Exactly. Fun. You don't want to waste tomorrow's fun. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I like I like I say all the time about the the Jake walk and about yourself. Um, the the two main things I really like about the Jake walk are that you have, in my opinion, the best collection of spirits in brooklyn thank you um you know like there are places like char ford that has a great bourbon selection you know uh other places like dram that has a, a really nice selection of like some rare like amari and rums that they bring in um but uh, you guys truly do have the best as far as like you have all these different calvados and like, different whiskeys and different rums and you've got a great selection of like just brandies and Odevies. You've got it. You've got it all. And uh, the second thing that I really like about the Jake Walk, and probably one of the most important parts of why you guys are so beloved in the neighborhood, is that you treat people in a way that they don't get treated at most like cocktail bars. You know, you guys are obviously very serious about what you're doing, but you are some of the nicest bartenders in the city. And you don't take it too seriously. Like, you, you keep your... You don't, like, have such, uh, uh, such a game face like a lot of the... Uh, <laughs> I hope that doesn't right. come off as uh, uh, weird. But uh, you, 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 <laughs> you have fun with it. You keep it lighthearted. You keep the guests engaged. Um, you know, you, you just create this great vibe that attracts people in, in the neighborhood and from other parts of New York City. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very important... For especially nowadays, because there's there's a lot of snobbery going around right. the bar scene, and it's really important to keep grounded. And you know, we're you're there to have fun or relax at the end of the day, and to have a bartender be kind of cold and uh, well, well I, just plain rude sometimes. Right? <laughs> Nobody wants that. No, um, I think both uh, uh, Matt uh, Matt DeVrent, um my partner in business and in life. Um, both of us come from the school of bartending where you it was not necessarily the time where people would come in um, when we were learning how to bartend. People would come in and expect you to make them a drink. 
in the sense of, uh, you know, make me something, you know, with rye and uh, Iraq and, you know, cherries or, you know, like right. they're, they're not coming in with the expectation that they could just give you um, an idea and then it's up to you to make the drink. We come from a school where people ask you for a drink and then right. you make it for them. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty simple. But yeah. the, um, the overwhelmingly important and difficult task as a bartender would be to be able to make those drinks and then make them feel great about where they're having that drink. Right. No matter what it is. Right. Uh, you know, a, a glass of water all the way up to a, uh, you know, uh, an, a cognac, an expensive cognac or something like that. Um, and that's always been our number one um, focus not just with ourselves behind the bar, but uh, with the staff as well, is that uh, if you want to work for us, you have to get over yourself mm-hmm. uh, immediately. You know, we're all great people. We're all friends. Um, we're family. Uh, after the shift, we're, uh, you know, we're holding hands and having drinks together. But during the shift, it is, number one, all about the customer. And... It's very easy. All you have to do is be pleasant. <laughs> and, you know, uh, even if they ask uh, a question that is a little frustrating, just answer it. Get over yourself. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Just answer it. Yeah. Um, your partner, uh, Maddie, mm-hmm. um, you guys, uh, you're affiliated with a couple of other businesses in the neighborhood. You've got Stinky mm-hmm. Cheese and you've got Smith and Vine, mm-hmm. which you've got a cheese shop and you've got a wine and spirit shop. Those were the first two. It was Stinky first, and then uh, then Smith and Vine. Uh, other way around. Sm- oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Smith and Vine Smith is. Jeez, I think Smith and Vine is like seven or eight years old now, and wow, Stinky is like five or six or something like that. Okay. Um, and they are just a. There's uh, Patrick Watson and Michelle Pravda, uh, married couple. They own Smith and Vine and Stinky, mm-hmm. um, and Ma- Maddie and I worked for them at Smith and Vine and then mm-hmm. we partnered up with them to do um the Jake Walk. Um so they're the sort of the masterminds behind the whole thing. And it was just natural for them to have a spirit store and then like a cheese and charcuterie and provisions kind of store and just mash it up. Mash it up yeah. and uh put some stools in front of it, yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. And it's it's been a really great addition to the neighborhood. Um we're going to talk more about this when we get back from our break uh after these Words from Mob Deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To all the killers and the hundred dollar billers. So real, because who ain't got no feelings. Feelings. Check it out, man. We be the infamous, you heard of us Official Queensbridge murderers The mob comes equipped for warfare Beware of my crime family Who got enough shots to share for all those Who wanna profile and pose Rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone You all alone in these streets, cousin Every man for themselves in his land We be gunning And keep them shook crews running Like they supposed to They come around, but they never come close to I can see it inside your face You're in the wrong place Cowards like you just get their whole body laced up with bullet holes and sucks Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched You can put your whole army against my teammate I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing Yeah, I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing 
Nice. Ari picked the break music today. My guest today is Ari Form of the Jake Walk in Brooklyn, New York. And you're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. This is the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. We were just talking before the break about the three companies, Stinky Cheese, uh, Smith & Vine, and, of course, the, the bar that you own in, and operate, the, uh, the Jake Walk. And uh, I really, one of the things that that really has made the neighborhood for me personally, I actually live in the neighborhood as you as you do as well. Um, that's made it more of uh, a more pleasurable place to live and an easier place to live are those three places. I mean, uh, obviously, I like cheese and and charcuterie and. I like pickles from McClure's, and I like, uh, you know, chocolate from Mass Brothers, and uh, a nice selection of uh, giant beers. Mm-hmm. I can get all those at Sneaky Cheese. And then I also like, you know, old bottles of Burgundy and Fernet Branca, as everyone probably already knows, our listening audience. Um, Take your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to... I wish they could see that. Um, <laughs> um and having those right there, basically right outside my door, is amazing enough. And then, you know, the Jake Walk came around and basically gives you a chance to put all those together. But also what's really cool about that in that situation, like you can, you know, you can go to Smith & Vine or Stinky and you can buy like an expensive cheese or an expensive bottle of wine or like, a, you know, a $50 bottle of Nardini Amaro which we actually have in front of us right now. Um, but, you know, some people have a problem, and rarely so, like having a problem pulling a trigger on, pulling the trigger on like a, an expensive bottle of wine or right. a Amaro or some crazy like $35, seven fifty of beer that they've never had That before. they've never had, exactly. But what's brilliant about the setup that you guys have is that you've given people an opportunity to buy those like to procure those glasses of wine, those uh, glasses of Amaro, those cheeses, those meats, like one little bit at a time. So it, it becomes more accessible for someone. So they can actually go to the bar and restaurant. It is a restaurant as well. Um, try these things out, and then it goes back into the company as well. It, it, but, I mean, that's, that sounds a little, a little corporate uh, no, no, I think but the way I, th- I came off, but uh, it actually is really important because it's also a, a neighborhood establishment. These are neighborhood establishments. It's nice to support the neighborhood, you know, to support local companies and vendors. And you guys definitely do that with anything that you can buy at like Stinky and at Smith and Vine. You get some some local wines and spirits and stuff like that as well. It's, so it's, it's really it, nice. It it is, uh, and thank you for saying that. Uh, but it's not just. Um the sampling aspect, which is definitely there, but it's also the sense of community, um, where, uh, for example, the the face of Stinky, um, who is, mo- I, I think, one of the uh, most underappreciated um, people that I know in this world for what he does, is uh, Chris Remy, who who runs the place. Um, fantastic palate. Oh, um, he's awesome. He's t- tremendous. Uh, He's a Yankee fan, which kind of sucks. But he uh, always wears that Yankee. Yeah, I know it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> lame. Um, but he he also he's he's responsible for uh, doing the beer selection 
and whatever, doing everything. He's been there since day one. Um, but uh, and we're, we're friends. And then you have uh, Max or Sherry or Kamar over at um, Smith and Vine. And, you know, it's everybody knows everybody. Everybody's friends. And, you know, when you're talking about the other place, you're talking to uh, two uh, prospective customers. You're, you're talking about uh, the other place with, on a first-name basis, and you, you understand mm-hmm. um, what their products are. So you give, especially uh, in uh, Brooklyn, where there's a lot of transients in, 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 uh, in neighborhoods. You know, people are moving in and out all the time. Absolutely. Um, and it's nice for people moving in um, to immediately feel this idea of a community. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, even in their retail lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really nice, and you see it pay off. It's the same thing as uh, uh, working at a bar when somebody comes in and you say hi to them by name. It's mm-hmm. the exact same thing. It makes them, it makes them feel less anxious about what they're doing, and everybody's anxious all the time. <laughs> in New York, probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Especially, it, it goes a little bit further than that. Um, you know, you know you've, you're talking about these people on a first-name basis. You've got, like, you know, Dwayne Sorensen from Stumptown Coffee. You see him around right. the neighborhood. He frequents the places. You've got, like, Shane Welsh from Six Point. Right. You've got Ann Saxelby from Saxelby Cheesemongers. Right. You've got all these people that – these are the people that you're procuring these – Garrett Oliver. Garrett Oliver yep. from, uh, from Brooklyn Brewery. Yeah, I mean, you've got these amazing people that are just wanting to do – and doing a pretty good job of it uh, – if I'm any kind of judge of <laughs> what's going on, uh, doing a really great job of making these artisanal products, and also what they—they are. You're right. They're—they're they're, these people are creating a community, and I wouldn't call it a scene. No, but, but that's what's would, great about it. It's, it's no, but the, but the at the heart of it, which uh, a lot of people who aren't uh, necessarily involved and sort of are on the periphery will call it a scene. Um, and there are aspects of it that are scene like, but at the heart of it, it's not. It's a community. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just people doing what they like to do and it's having people fun wanting together. to do something really amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's all about quality. And the, and going back to the bar, you know, uh, we definitely hear a lot of backlash sometimes about like cocktail bars being kind of like the new thing, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, when you started to see this uh, this uh, resurgence of cocktail bar, like classic cocktail bars, and and people featuring you know higher end spirits, higher end wine, uh, just quality stuff. I mean, really, it all comes down to quality. And then you had critics raising the question: Is is this just a, a fad? And right. do you, I mean, in my opinion, I don't. It, can quality be a fad? Well, is, is it is it trendy to be into something that's good, like down to the very like core of it? You know, I actually have um, I have an opinion on that. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's hear it. I think that there's a with what you're talking about this this uh, this movement um, or the shift of quality. Mm-hmm. I think that there is sort of an ideology behind it that is very simple. And should be taken to its um, uh, to its further, furthest development, um, which is to me maybe I'm wrong, but to me the goal is for bars. I'm not talking about food here. I'm talking mm-hmm. about for for drinks. Uh, the goal is that every bar in the world 
will have uh, a good uh, good well, good speed rack, mm-hmm. um, and fresh juice, mm-hmm. and the bartender will know what they're making. And how in to the use sen- those. In the sense of, yes, exactly, in the sense of uh, what the, the, uh, the, the liquids that are in their bottles taste like mm-hmm. and how to properly make a drink. Uh, properly make a drink does not mean that they have to have, you know, like huge chunks of ice that they're shaving off. Or, or yeah, exactly. Scotch it just man. means that um, just don't shake my Manhattan. That's all I ask. <laughs> exactly. You know, but it's, it's very simple. And don't stir my margarita. You know, it's really straightforward. So a good well, fresh juice, and know how to, uh, you know, have a bartender who uh, knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very simple goal. That's, yeah. Um, That's not a lot to ask. So uh, that aspect um, can't die. Like, I, I, I personally will not let that die. Even if I'm the last one standing, I will still be going around to bars with, uh, with lemons and limes, being like, I'll juice for free. Uh, free <laughs> drinks, at least. <laughs> um, but the, the ostentation that comes along with it, because it's a money business and because it's new york and uh or whatever because it's it's bars and mm-hmm. um it attracts scenes and fads and fashions the ostentation that comes along uh uh or piggybacks on top of that uh basic ideology i don't know how what kind of staying power that has i don't really care either but mm-hmm. um you know if it went away if it stayed around it's not going to affect me um as long as and i I really mean it, so I'll repeat it again. As long as people keep their... Understand what the goal is amongst us all and understand uh, what they have to do to achieve that goal. You know, so whatever. You can, uh, you know, you can light everything on fire. Uh, you can... Uh, um, you could have the biggest ice cubes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but if you shake my Manhattan, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to come over the bar. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, we only have a couple more minutes left with Ari Form of the Jake Walk goes by fast doesn't it it really does 30 minutes goes by in no time can we drink calvados now yeah sure let's do that um as you know if you've listened to the show before uh we typically uh <laughs> just a sec all right typically we uh do a cocktail or a drink at the end of the show and we have our guest explain what we're drinking so what are we drinking am i allowed to say the product's name Sure. It's a it's a 18-year-old uh, Calvados from Adrian Camus. Um, delicious, double distilled. Uh, the uh, prolonged aging really allows some of the, uh, the harsher notes to fall off, and it's just really bright, floral, baked apple, delicious mm. Calvados. Yeah, it smells great. So uh, Calvados is uh, an apple brandy typically made with uh, uh, sour apples uh, from Normandy. Right. And it's usually always uh, double distilled, aged in limousine oak. Right. And uh, this one has been resting for 18 years, and it smells awesome, and I can't wait to drink it. Hold on just a sec. Awesome. Do you know that uh, within uh, Calvados, there's a classification called Dom Fronte, mm-hmm. which, uh, which means it has to be 30% at least pear. Mm-hmm. And they go well together. Yes, they do. <laughs> Ari, um, do you have this? At your bar at the Jaquat? We have the uh, the twelve year. Um, which is equally delicious. It's a little it's a little rounder actually, a little fatter. Uh, this is sort of leaned up as it's aged, but uh, 
equally good. This is a little more elegant, I would say. It's very nice. Thanks for bringing it on the show. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for bringing yourself on the show. <laughs> thanks for having me, man. It's yeah, a- no problem. My guest today has been Ari Form of the Jake Walk and Carol Gardens. You can have some Calvados with him. Most nights, he's there. If you were listening to the show last week, you'll know that tonight we are sending out an open invitation to King Yum's, one of the original three tiki bars in New York City, or the New York City area. We'll be there at 7 o'clock tonight with uh, our last week's guest, Adam Kolasar. And uh, tune in next week, where my guest will be Ian Wolf of La Cucina Italiano magazine. Cheers. Man, he's high. I said that cat is high. Yes, he's high.